0: Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio
1: Taiwan International. If you're listening to us on the radio, up next this hour, it's hashtag Taiwan, Taiwan Explained, and in the Spotlight. But we start off today's program with a new edition of Here in Taiwan. and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're joining us on our Facebook live stream, today is Wednesday, October 14th. Otherwise, if you're joining us on the wonderful World of Shortwave, it's Thursday, October 15th. I'm John Van Trieste and joining me here in the studio today is Natalie Tso. Hello! Up next, well, it's been a while since the end of Ghost Month, that taboo filled time of year when uh, spirits are said to roam the earth, but we're just now getting some statistics that suggest one of the biggest taboos of all could be losing its grip. Really? Then railway fans rejoice Taiwan's network is set to get some big extensions and we're going to be giving you also an update on Taiwan's mystery helicopter man all that coming up next please stick around we're in 2020, where every week feels like a year in itself. But uh, if you will remember, not that long ago, actually, we were in the midst of Ghost Month. It's a time of year when spirits are said to be let free for a month-long vacation from the underworld. Uh, That was August 19th to September 16th, so just around a month ago is when this ended. Uh, We're just getting some information in now, though, that is uh, turning some conventional wisdom about this time of year on its head. Um, One of the biggest. Things that you're not supposed to do for uh, fear of bad luck is uh, buy a house. And not only um, did people buy houses, it was a 57 month high in terms of real estate transactions.
2: Were the houses cheaper then?
1: No. um, They weren't cheaper? I think they're pretty much what they always cost. It's just usually realtors see a downturn in, 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 I mean, they stay on the market.
2: I wonder if they had a a realtor's discount or something. I mean, there's got to be some
1: reason, right? Um, Well, and this we're talking about, of course, in the six major municipalities. That's Taipei, New Taipei, Taoyuan, Taichung, Tainan, and Kaohsiung. So maybe people there are a bit more urban, less steeped in tradition, you know, but that might explain it. But yeah, 24,000 units, not a lot by the sound of it, but you have to remember, we only have what, 23, 24 million people altogether. So that's uh, actually, yeah, it was uh, September saw uh, a 57-month high, and it was also up uh, 36% from the previous year. So I think that says something about maybe how this tradition may be sort of a uh, People are taking it as seriously as they used to. Right.
2: Do you take these taboos seriously? Not particularly. You're not supposed to go swimming. You're not supposed to get married. You're not supposed to buy a home. You're not
1: supposed to... Get surgery. Well, um, they say get now. surgery. They encourage you to. But, but if <laughs> you
2: really need surgery,
1: you should get surgery. Yes. <laughs> That's the tradition. Um yeah. Uh, and, and if you're wondering, because one explanation I thought of as I was reading this article is, oh, people are just buying them to flip because investing in property and flipping houses is very profitable. In Taipei, that may be the case, according to one senior manager at a real estate agency. But in New Taipei and Taichung, for instance, these uh, more residential cities, I guess, uh, it seems that these were really people buying houses to live in. Which, again, adds to the argument that maybe people don't take these, this tradition as seriously as they used to. Um, if you want to know the real reasons, they're not quite as interesting as I imagine they would be. Um, it has to do with liquidity and things like that. Um, there, there's a detailed explanation. but oh,
2: Okay, um, with their financial situation, I guess. Yeah,
1: high liquidity. Uh, well, and maybe
2: money talks bigger than... Um- Ghost taboos. True, true. <laughs> Money matters.
1: Um, it also says the pandemic may have had something to do with it. Investors, if they were investing, were making acquisitions that they'd been holding off on.
2: Mm, they've been waiting too long already. By so. that
1: point, it was clear that we got this out of control, so they felt safe to to do so. But uh, um, again, uh, also, there's low interest rates. So, Oh, that makes a big difference. Uh, yeah, it does. Um, a, I think much,
2: that's probably part of the reason, right? So, so it's a not, big incentive. Maybe
1: less to do with ghosts than... I would have thought but
2: right? I mean if it's a good deal, you know, but, you're I paying mean, less interest rate on your own loan then
1: right. Why not? So 12% from a month earlier in September, it actually went up and uh 36% from the previous September it looks like. So uh, I mean only half of the month was in ghost month also. So maybe a lot of that came right at the end. <laughs> you know, when it says the the it said that the the doors to the underworld close again. Because um, the the lunar month and the calendar month don't exactly line up either. but
2: yeah. I wonder how interest rates are doing now, though.
1: I don't know. I haven't checked. So um, call It could, your be, it could today. be
2: because of interest rates and have nothing Maybe. to do
1: with ghost Maybe. month, right? So. Um, it's an interesting theory anyway. <laughs> Well, if you like riding the rails, and a lot of visitors to Taiwan do, um, we've got good news coming up soon. There's a few projects. This is bad audio quality. Oh me, dear! Let me work. Let me go look over there. Okay. Okay. Um, so someone is saying that uh, we're going to get some new rail projects. Is that right, Natalie? all right um we're gonna go on next to uh an update on taiwan's mystery helicopter man while natalie fixes our audio i don't know Um, if i did anything to fix it um so uh a while ago i believe last week we gave you the story of a man who uh, was seen caught on video actually um landing a helicopter in a residential area right by an intersection and uh the people who live nearby were obviously shocked. It's not every day you see a helicopter land on your street. That's scary. Um, yeah, and it almost apparently hit a bunch of power lines and stuff, too.
2: Um, <laughs> Helicopters are really risky. I mean, yeah. they're very dangerous well, operations.
1: Professionals here in Taiwan have gotten in trouble. Um,
2: I know. Unfortunately, we had a major accident.
1: Well, these people were not professionals. This guy, um, who is apparently known to aircraft enthusiasts here, <laughs> it's is, is, has been known to... Uh, fly in the R-22 occasionally, though mostly in rural locations, yeah. You don't want to, like, hit buildings and stuff. Anyway, they figured out who it is. Um, They only give his surname here. Uh, But they've confiscated his Robinson R-22 helicopter, which apparently was not imported legally. Last time, when we discussed this, we were like, how do you get a helicopter into the country without anyone noticing. Uh they there's no word on how he did it, but uh they've confiscated it and uh they've released him on bail of 500,000 NT dollars. That's uh close to uh, 17,000 US dollars because he's being investigated for breaching the Civil Aviation Act. Um yeah, and he could face prison time as well for this stunt. Um, It says here, in fact, since he had no permit, um, it was illegal and he could spend uh, up to five years in prison for doing this. And uh, an additional million anti-dollar fine, it looks like. Well, he
2: could... He's endangering the area, right? So it's very dangerous. He should be getting fined.
1: Here's something that I didn't know uh, because I've never flown a helicopter or really thought about flying a helicopter in Taiwan. Um, There are only 15 sites that are approved for takeoff and landing of civilian aircraft in Taiwan. And uh, that's, of course, assuming it says here that you have the license. I don't know if he's licensed or not, but also uh, they have to have passed... testing, performed safety checks, and have maintenance records. I don't think he had any of that. They didn't even know that he had the helicopter, which, again, I don't know how he managed.
2: I don't know how he expected to get away with it. That's so weird. It's so obvious.
1: Uh, Anyway, uh, they figured out who it was. Because last time I said, how are they going to find a person if they don't even know who it was? His identity was still unknown at the time. I mean, he'd been filmed, but... (laughs) uh, Okay, so that's what happened with our helicopter man. All right, on to the rails. Um, people sometimes, I think, especially from Japan, we get tourists, or at least we did before the pandemic, who would come to Taiwan specifically to ride the rails. And uh, now we're getting some major projects have been announced. That That's
2: are... right. We're very excited. Actually, I think we're still having some audio issues. First, I want to say hello to the people who have joined us. Eugene Smith, Rashid Nas, also Say Carp Yes, Jessica Zinn, Ivan Dai, Abid Hussein Shaheed. Um, Rashid Nas, Andrea Wong. Hello. Hi, Andrea. (laughs) Some of them are our colleagues, actually. (laughs) A couple of those. But um, anyway, so very happy to have you with us. Um, I'm going to see if we can fix the audio. I'm not sure. We're not engineers. Yeah. Um, um, Tell us
1: first about the the trains.
2: Okay. So we're very excited because, you know, we have a high-speed rail. So it takes us all the way from um, Taipei to Kaohsiung. Kaohsiung. Mm-hmm. And Pingdong, I think, right? No, that's, Not yet. that's
1: being that's, discussed. Uh, okay,
2: that's being discussed. So it's it's really great because usually you have to uh, drive for like five, six hours to Kaohsiung from Taipei. But now you can get there in 90 minutes. So they're going to um, open it all the way up to Yilan. So usually Elan from Taipei to Yilan, you have to drive an um, hour and a half or and something. And there's
1: ridiculous traffic. And it's yeah, because it's, traffic. it's separated by a mountain range. The, the, the tunnels back up very badly. Right. And there's a lot of beautiful coastline over there. It's so a popular people, vacation spot for weekend uh taipei residents especially yeah so we're excited because
2: they're going to extend the high-speed rail there so it'll be just a 13 minute ride can you I imagine ima-
1: that what i can't imagine is how you'll be able to get a seat once they do open We it don't it need a seat people, 13
2: minutes <laughs>
1: i think now with the pandemic you're not allowed to stand anymore oh i don't know i know as it is train tickets to the east of taiwan in general are hard to get
2: really Well, high-speed rail, I mean, there are a lot of um, trains, Mm -hmm. you know. It's kind of like the MRT. So, I think, I mean, it should also lessen the traffic, too. So, I think having this this extra mode of transportation for people who don't drive or who don't want to drive, who don't want to hit the traffic.
1: It's definitely a bottleneck. It can be it, on weekends yeah, it's especially. Very
2: busy over there. So anyways, we're excited about that. Also, there's going to be a light rail system connecting Geelong and the Taipei Metro. Now, in there Taipei. is a
1: train line there that runs there now. But yes.
2: So but this is going to um it's gonna be a light rail rapid transit system and they'll be able to carry, wow, ten to fifteen thousand passenger trips per hour. I
1: think a lot of people commute.
2: Yes. So, um, you know, Taipei is the big hub where people Mm. work. So we're trying to connect them with all the uh, satellite other areas.
1: The other thing is that Keelung is, uh, if you take a cruise pretty much to Taiwan from anywhere, that's the place where they stop. And I mean, the place that a lot of people, the sites a lot of people want to see, though, are in Taipei, which means you have to got to coordinate. Buses, tour buses or something. Now you can just hop on a train.
2: So Taiwan is really overhauling its transportation system. I mean, it's... Ever since they started uh, doing the metro, um, things have been getting better
1: and better. And they're still... Actually, they're still working on uh, the metro, not just here in Taipei either. I know, like, Taichung is getting a metro. Everyone's getting a metro. It's like Oprah's giving out metros.
2: <laughs> it's, Do you take the metro? Uh, every day. Every day. Pretty much. It's so good to take the metro here in Taipei. Clean, it's very fast, clean, efficient. convenient...
1: I also have to say, I love our high-speed rails. Um, they oh, those are
2: great, too. It's almost like a metro. It's so convenient. And right. You
1: don't realize how fast you're going. It's really...
2: <laughs> it's very silent. It's a very stable ride. Right. And you get very far very quickly.
1: And I do like a good weekend in Elon, so I, I look forward to... Well, Any word on when this will be finished, though? It'll probably take a while.
2: Um uh no it isn't
1: <laughs> <laughs> so oh. it's one of those pending projects that we'll, we'll get to in a couple of years i'm sure oh
2: we do have um, a comment from Eugene Smith about the high speed rail it says in mainland china the high speed rail maps always show taiwan high speed rail as part of the chinese network
1: well they can That's pay- interesting they can wish right now <laughs> well no they can well maybe they can help fund it then uh, we paid for nah. it. <laughs> All right <coughs> One interesting feature of Taiwan, uh, we mentioned already, we've only got a population of what, 23 or so million people is that when you watch the news here, you can't go very long without coming across a really bizarre story. And I've got one for you right now. Uh, I saw this yesterday while I was getting my haircut on the TV and I said, make a mental note that's here in Taiwan material there. Um, this is about a well-known, although it's not named, uh, Shop in Jai, a city down south, that's famous for its turkey and chicken rice. And uh, this particular shop was apparently a famous one. And it's a story about a dispute with a customer there, who apparently asked a, a member of the staff to uh, put some more black pepper on their their takeout uh, chicken rice, and uh, got apparently the according to the consumer the uh, the the shop staff member didn't have the best attitude and said listen it's so strong you can smell it it's almost enough to give you a stroke like can't you smell that i gave you black pepper and um when the customer got home they found that the whole thing was covered in black pepper and said it looked like a dirt chicken Oh. Instead of, like, they just dumped the whole... So he was
2: venting, basically. Yeah, well,
1: no, but apparently, like, consumer protection people and everybody got involved. Well, um, oh, that could be hazardous to his health, right? Maybe well, not. it may make you sneeze a bit, but, I mean, <laughs> just... <laughs> anyway, uh, they took a picture of it, posted it, and... Uh, so the... how
2: bad was it? Was it all black? Yeah. Was the chicken all black? Yeah.
1: Well, the rebuttal from the shop is that uh, they didn't do this because... black they pepper's didn't too ex- do it. Because black pepper is too expensive. They can't afford to waste it like that. Well the guy did it the the I, one of the people there did it. I don't know, but um so there's someone uh, from a consumer protection of uh, some consumer protection official is saying that they the shop needs to refund the money. It can't have been like what, more like than a, two, 2 US dollars. Yeah, come on. And this made national news. I mean it wasn't headline news but I was just like it only in Taiwan. Very silly. And it's food related of course. We take that very seriously. So About this whole COVID-19 nonsense uh, we've heard a lot of talk about travel bubbles that's when multiple countries or territories that uh, feel that They have both uh, controlled the pandemic well, get together and decide to reopen their borders, but just to one another, creating a sort of safe bubble. Uh, Australia and New Zealand are talking about it. Uh, Might Taiwan get invited to join some of these bubbles? So Taiwan is actually working with Palau right now, and it's
2: pretty much confirmed. The foreign minister said that it will very likely take shape. So Palau is a beautiful island, one of our uh, diplomatic islands. So um, they haven't recorded any coronavirus infections, so we think they're safe. Now, we're hoping to get in on the Australia-New Zealand bubble. I mean, Taiwan is really safe. If you want to get someone to travel bubble with you, it's us, right? <laughs> so We've only had like 55, bubble 55 domestic. Cases. And that was and, months ago. And that that's was a, a long time ago. I don't even
1: I was remember going through the last old domestic pictures. case. It was in like May or something.
2: I think the last case was the Navy a cluster infection, right? right? Which wasn't really not, domestic. That's not
1: being counted as domestic though. Right.
2: So we, we aren't spreading domestically. It's all imported cases. People we're, coming in from abroad and they usually get caught in quarantine. Right. So they're not spreading uh, in Taiwan. So we're definitely a good partner. So um uh, during the uh, recent press conference, they said that Taiwan is going to be pursuing a travel bubble agreement with Australia and New Zealand. We're hoping that it will work out. Well, and it's, uh,
1: there's so many Taiwanese people in both of those places, too. I think we've got uh, what, working holiday agreements with them. Um, I know people who are there from Taiwan, and well, uh, in Australia, anyway. And uh, also, we do love... Uh, traveling to both of those places That's as true. well. That's true.
2: I mean, we love traveling so much that people are actually paying to go nowhere, right? Just yeah, to go on an airplane and, I mean, and sit you, inside the airplane and have a meal. Or just
1: to fly around. The or just to fly day.
2: around but Taiwan if, and come I back mean, to Taiwan.
1: I'm talking about, day. like, in terms of international destinations, though, and Australia is definitely a popular one. Oh,
2: definitely. Well, if you, you know, open up a travel bubble with Taiwan, definitely a lot of people will go.
1: Right. Right. That's yeah. true. So, it's good for you. People are
2: dying to <laughs> travel. They're actually... We're having a lot of travel to our outlying islands, actually. Which sure. Is, which is a great thing. Sure.
1: And we keep our germs to ourselves. <laughs> Very polite like that, so... <laughs> Let so, us join your travel bubble Yes,
2: we hope it works out What will happen is If we have a travel bubble agreement Then um, people who are traveling Need to test negative for COVID-19 But they don't need to be quarantined So oh. we, sh- we have a 14-day quarantine requirement For all of those coming into Taiwan um, There are a few exceptions um, Just business travelers Who will be here for a short time And VIPs Right. And they need to be tested three times before they go. And then they need to be tested, you know, right before they leave the shortened quarantine, which would be like five to seven days. So we're still uh, monitoring very uh, closely those that come into the country, even on these
1: special uh, shortened quarantines. Right. Well, speaking of Palau, uh, we uh, I think a lot of our listeners will know, maybe they even joined us uh, on National Day, which was on Saturday, October 10th. Um, yeah. And uh, one of the most interesting celebrations of all for National Day took place in Palau. Um, and this seems to have uh, been involved Taiwan's ambassador to the country. I saw the pictures. Um, now, Those I'm not cool. sure in terms of like etiquette and protocol, how, like flag etiquette, there's a lot of rules, how kosher this whole thing was, but it is a cool picture, uh, and it shows, uh, divers, which apparently it looks like it included, uh, the ambassador, um, and it says that, like, they were holding flags of both Taiwan and Palau underwater, and they were photobombed as well by a a creature that I have never heard of before called a humphead wrasse.
2: Sounds like so much fun, an underwater celebration um, yeah. under the ocean.
1: Again, I'm not sure if you're supposed to like dip flags in water. That's Maybe it was a waterproof a of, one. Oh, okay. Probably. Um, yeah, uh, there was a reception. and Okay, I, I apologize. It looks like the ambassador was not in this photo. He tweeted it, though. Um, it, but, yeah, they were able to hold a reception for National Day there at the embassy because, of course, both uh, Palau and Taiwan have done a great job. Palau has no infections. We've... Got our business under control, um, and it says that uh, there were nine divers involved. And uh, oh, there was the ambassador. I keep getting myself confused. And he posted the words "Happy Birthday, Taiwan" and "Ali Palau," which means "Hello Palau." Um, Looks like he's having a good time over yeah, there. Yeah, it's definitely on my high on my bucket list.
2: Wow. So Eugene Smith said, if all eighteen thousand people in Palau came to Taiwan, we wouldn't even notice. Oh. I don't think that's true. <laughs> We, we, yeah. We, I mean, we are a small island. We're crowded. But um, we might notice a few. We're dense. So we're packed
1: together as it is.
2: Yeah. So um, hello also to Ashik Kaskheli who is listening, watching right now. So it's great to have our listeners watching live. <coughs>
1: Well, it might sound like a great thing. No typhoons, right? No one likes having destruction and uh, the travel chaos that can come with a typhoon. But actually, uh, this year of weird weather that we're having, it's the first year since 1964 in which Taiwan has not experienced a single typhoon, and it's hitting our reservoirs hard. So uh, it looks like uh, some parts of Taiwan may soon see water restrictions put in place. Oh, no. So, I mean, yeah, it sounds good, but not really. Typically, Taiwan is hit by 3.5 typhoons a year. Um, That's how the rainfall that that brings is sort of what fills up a good portion of our reservoirs for the rest of the year. Um, It says two of the big... Uh, reservoirs in Taiwan uh, are, well, well, one of them, the Mingda Dam, is only uh, at 21.7% capacity. Oh, wow. So that's like a fifth, roughly, of how high it should normally be. And uh, it doesn't say the the, the Feizui Dam, which I think supplies Taipei with a lot of its water, uh, there's no mention here of exactly how low it is. But it's expected to hit its what it calls in this article its lower limit in late October. So that doesn't sound very good. Like, it's lower limit. I don't like the sound it doesn't of that. sound very good, yeah. no. 20%
2: doesn't sound too good either.
1: Um, so, so far, it's actually some of the water restrictions are already in place. Uh, fortunately, Taipei has been spared, but uh, Taoyuan, Xinju, Miaoli, and Taichung will have, like, water pressure reduced at night. Which doesn't sound terrible, but if this keeps going, you know.
2: Right. Well, we should be uh, using our water sparingly. I mean, we don't because water is so cheap here. Sure. But
1: we should keep that in mind. They're blaming COVID for part of this because everyone's washing their hands. I don't well, think hand we washing, washing uses our that hands. much. I don't feel like hand washing uses that seconds, much. 20
2: seconds a few times a day for
1: everybody. Uh, more than usual, right? More than usual, but maybe but not enough to... that's a good to, thing, though. Is that Where enough to you? empty a reservoir, though? <laughs> <laughs> that's <There's lots laughs> a big reservoir. Have you you've seen the, the Fatesway Dam yeah, before? Yeah, they're all gigantic. So,
2: but I think it's good that we're washing our hands.
1: That's yeah, what we should be hygiene's doing, Hygiene's right? important. But conserve water, and it says here, brace for shortages. Uh, altogether, not a very good sign. All right. Well, that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. We apologize for the technical difficulties we've been having. Yes, we're working on that. Yes, we're all new at this live streaming business. We'll get better. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for your patience and thanks for joining us. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Natalie So. If you're on, if with us on the radio, please don't go anywhere just yet, because coming up next, it's hashtag Taiwan, Taiwan Explained, and in the spotlight.
3: Hello and welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, this past week was Double Ten Day, which is also the Republic of China's National Day. Every year, the government plans a huge ceremony to celebrate the holiday. This involves an entire committee headed by the legislative speaker that's in charge of planning the entire celebration. Aside from booking acts and performances, they also have to decide on a theme, a logo, and a color scheme. When the preparatory committee first unveiled the theme, logo, and a color scheme, I couldn't help but wonder how they came to decide on the colors that they did. So I did a little bit of research and I found the answers on their Facebook page, which is the topic of this week's Hashtag Taiwan. on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about Taiwan's 109th National Day. Taiwan's National Day takes place on October 10th. There's an entire government committee headed by the legislative speaker that plans the National Day celebrations. Each year, Taiwan's National Day has a theme, a logo, and a color scheme. This year's theme is Proud of Taiwan. The logo is usually some variation on two Chinese characters for 10 put together because, you know, double 10 day. Looking at last year's National Day, the theme was Taiwan Forward, and the color scheme that year was green, purple, and white. Again, Double Ten logo. This year's color scheme is purple, gold, green, and orange. The National Day Committee says that gold stands for pride, and orange represents hope. And when I heard that, I couldn't help but think, (laughs) Alright, who decided that? But if you scroll through the planning committee's Facebook page, you'll see that they thought these colors through thoroughly. They spend an ample amount of words explaining why they chose the colors they did and attach pictures with similar palettes to get their point across. They even include a Pantone code for each color, which is about as specific as you can get. Let me break it down for you. Let's start with the purple, Pantone 2725C. This color represents stability and nobility. Purple in 2020 represents the Taiwan Can Help movement, the country's unwavering commitment to helping the world get past the COVID-19 pandemic. Purple is the coral in Taiwan's oceans and the country's dedication to preserving its aquatic ecosystems. It's the last color of the rainbow and a symbol of Taiwan's commitment to same-sex marriage. Finally, purple pays homage to Taiwan's floral beauty. Next, gold, Pantone 873C. This color represents pride and Taiwan's land. Gold in 2020 represents the dirt on a baseball player's jersey because Taiwan was the first country in the world to resume professional baseball amid the pandemic. It represents the country's many magnificent temples and the protective spirits that have watched over the population during this trying time. Gold represents the bond that Taiwanese people have with the land and with each other. Finally, it represents the population's collective willingness to come together to beat COVID-19 by exercising good prevention. Next up, green, Pantone 929C. This color represents calmness and rationality. Green is the color of a stimulus voucher, which was designed to bolster Taiwan's economy in its time of need. It's also a common color found on the cleaning products we use to keep Taiwan free of the coronavirus. Green represents our collective flight through hardship as we navigate a turbulent world. Finally, it represents a return to normalcy, much like the subtle notes of sweetness found at the end of a sip of tea. Lastly, let's take a look at orange. Pantone 804C. Orange stands for sunlight and hope. Orange is the color of home. No matter where we come from, as long as we live on this island, we're family. It's the color of diligence and the strong work ethic of the Taiwanese people. Orange is the color of loyalty as we steadfastly protect this country. Finally, orange is the color of opportunity. Much like the sunlight that illuminates our day, opportunity is fleeting and we must take advantage of it before it's gone. I have to be honest with you, when I heard they chose gold to represent pride, I thought they pulled that out of a hat. But as far as explanations go, I'm sold. Happy National Day, you guys. And that just about does it for this week's Hashtag Taiwan. Don't forget, if you guys have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can always find our inbox at our Facebook pages. It's facebook.com slash Radio Taiwan International or facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider. And if you're a fan of Hashtag Taiwan, I do suggest you check out our weekly show, Taiwan Insider. All of our clips are on our YouTube page or they're on our Facebook as well. So go ahead and give them a look if you're feeling hashtag efficient throughout the rest of the week. Anyway, guys, I'll talk to you again soon.
2: At the National Day celebrations on Saturday, we'll also see a performance by Taiwan's Air Force.
0: That's right. Now, the Air Force has been very busy lately. They have been busy intercepting Chinese planes that have been entering Taiwan's airspace.
4: 583 jet trainers fly information formation over the presidential office on Tuesday in preparation for the National Day celebrations. Helicopters fly overhead, showcasing the national flag as well. The display is a demonstration of Taiwan's determination to defend itself. Chinese aircraft have been entering Taiwan's airspace at an alarming rate. The Navy has dispatched boats more than 7,500 times this year. That's 1,600 more times than last year. The Air Force has also deployed plans 2.3 times more than it did last year. These flights have cost nearly 140 million U.S. dollars this year. Premier Su Chang says with the Chinese war plans nearing Taiwan, these costs are necessary to protect Taiwan's national security. Military expert Zhang Jiwen urged the military to strike a balance between national security and the economy, perhaps by including the Navy in its maneuvers. In any case, Taiwan's Air Force is standing by for any situation.
2: In light of increased tensions, ET Today did a survey last week asking people in Taiwan how willing they would be to go to war, and there were some interesting results. Forty-five percent said they were willing to have themselves or a family member fight in a war for Taiwan. Ninety-six percent of 18 to 19-year-olds are willing and 67% want to return to the two-year compulsory service. Right now, it's only four months. Also very interesting is 52% said women should be required to serve in the military too. And in case you're wondering about the gender breakdown for that one, 56 percent of men agree while 48 percent of women agree that women should be required to serve in the military i was really surprised how many people support women being in the military
0: Mm, i was surprised too
2: do you guys think that women should be required to be in the military just like men
0: i think that in terms of gender equality it would be great if both men and women were required to do some form of service so national service it doesn't necessarily have to be military service um, but there would be options for both men and women. Yeah, that's interesting. What about you?
3: I um, I'm inclined to agree with Andrew, but at the same time, I did do my service. So viscerally, it feels like kind of like a get even type thing. Like <laughs> I did it, so everybody else should do it. So I'm uh, I'm gonna bow out of this conversation.
2: <laughs> it's very touchy, especially Amen. if you say gender equality.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lynn with In the Spotlight.
5: Hello there, you've just tuned into In the Spotlight, and I'm Shirley Lynn. Uh, today, I just can't wait to hear uh, her story. Her name is Marilisa Pia, who is actually Italian. And um, she was living in London for some time. And then she said that she's been traveling, uh, backpacking in Asia for some time and then got stuck here in Taiwan because of the COVID-19. So um, and she actually went around asking who wants to hear my story. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear her story. So hi,
6: Mary. Hi.
5: It's so good to have you.
6: Thanks for having me here.
5: Yeah, I'm really excited, you know, to hear your story. I mean, I'm sure there are other people like you who got stuck in Taiwan or other places in the world. Plenty and of us. <laughs> I know. And there, there's probably, probably going to be a lot of, you know, books coming out. Like next year or the year after, about all these people who wants to record their story, and it's worth it, you know so but anyway, um let's start from the beginning. so you're actually from Italy, but well, which part of Italy?
6: um I'm from Milan that's my where my family's from.
5: Ah, I was in Milan for like three days <sighs> um, back uh, two thousand twelve, I think it was. I went traveling with my older. My oldest, you know, the older daughter, we stopped in Milan. I actually went there to visit a friend uh, who's actually from the States and she was living in Milan at the time.
6: So that was very nice. Yeah, I lived there for 18 years of my life. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Very good childhood, I have to say. Yeah. All right. So then um, why were you in London? When I turned 18, I decided to try to live abroad and work abroad. So I had a big passion and love for Paris. So I moved to Paris first for okay. a year. I really wanted to improve my French, like properly. So, um, then at 18 years old, of course, like you just go crazy. Um, I had this beautiful uh, job in Disneyland. Oh Yeah, for a year It was so beautiful I would do that I would do that again Again? What did you do? Um, I, You know, I was just in the theme park uh, Working as um waiter Waitress Or like a cashier It was nothing Nothing big Whatever I could do at 18 I oh. would do it Wow And then, yeah But you know what? I, I want
5: my listeners to realize that Marie I feel like I'm proud to call you that mm-hmm. um, Is actually 183 centimeters tall Oh, yeah <laughs> and, and, and she's very tall So much taller than me uh, The same height as my husband But um, I thought that You're perfect as a model,
6: did you ever have a chance to become a model? Uh, when I was sixteen, of course. Living in Milan, you get stopped all the time. Um, you get asked if you want to join an agency, but there, that's it's a dodgy word, you know. Like you never know, especially when you're so young. You don't know what's um, if if they're actually serious agencies or not. So I did try when I was sixteen with my with my parents, oh, okay. but my parents were super against it. Uh-huh. So at the age of eighteen, when I could actually try myself. But I decided to take a different path mm-hmm. Which was more like the language learning and the traveling mm-hmm. um, It really didn't give me a chance to do And I've never really been uh, crazy for modeling
3: mm-hmm.
6: And right now I'm You're actually, smart, and, 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 <laughs> smart woman. Yeah, yeah, but right now I'm actually modeling in Taiwan <laughs> yeah.
5: Well, you need some kind of, you know, income anyway So why not, right? Yeah. Okay. Wow. You made me realize now. Maybe I've seen you, <laughs> like on the cover magazine or something on the TV. Maybe. Oh uh,
6: no, no, no. Because you're that perfect bit. for that.
5: Because you're thin and tall and got a pretty face and long curly
6: hair. I but think uh, that yeah, modeling has never been like one of my biggest dreams. Let's okay. say Good for I, you. I had a big dream of becoming a volleyball player. Ah. Yes, okay. I had a really big dream, which and? I also kind of uh, succeeded on that dream this year. <laughs>
5: Oh, in Taiwan. (laughs) Everything in Taiwan. (laughs) All your dreams are coming true in Taiwan. That is amazing. Pretty much. No wonder why you're staying here. Anyway, we'll get to that eventually. Um, I want to go back and ask you, is it common for single women in Italy to think about going abroad and, and learn independence at the age of 18? Is it um, common?
6: Nowadays, it's a lot more common. Uh, so, while well, we have uh, very strong personalities in Italy. <laughs> we, we all know that. And sometimes... Um, women would struggle to find a man that can handle them like italian women are very well known to be you know very loud (laughs) very dramatic very you know um not easy not easy (laughs) i'm not saying i'm like this but i used to be (laughs) you got tamed (laughs) yeah so so it is nowadays more likely uh, i have a lot of friends um and younger as well that that really uh, they got inspired as well by by me uh-huh. uh, or anyway by the new upcoming you know word to go abroad and try but the italian women are very independent yes that's oh, for sure i see yeah and besides you know
5: um marie can also speak italian english but also spanish and french yeah yeah you have a love for languages and you've already mastered all those wow mm-hmm. that's more than me that's more than me wow that i can speak but anyway and
6: studying chinese
5: (laughs) wow you would i know so anyway after uh paris you said you spent a year there
6: um what happened after paris so uh, paris kind of introduced me to different cultures and uh, many different languages and my kind of uh, i had this uh will to explore more Mm. I really wanted to see uh, more of what was about, like, um, outside of Italy. And, uh, you know, uh, France introduced me to a little piece of work, but then um, I needed to see more than that. Mm. So I got um, kind of uh, transferred to Disney World in Florida, in the US. From
5: (laughs) Paris all the way to Florida in the US. Wow. I guess you were... Performing pretty well I mean You know Job wise
6: um, I mean The job it wasn't really my priority at the moment, my, you know, 18, 19 years yeah. old. I just wanted to, like, have experience, yeah. learn languages and have fun. So you actually asked them if you could be
5: transferred to Florida. Was um, that it? Yeah,
6: it was like, slightly different. I just give up one and I apply for the other one. But okay. yeah, you could have been transferred if you oh, wanted wow. to. Okay. Um, and? so, What I, did you do there? Something different? I, I actually wanted to learn just English, but oh. I ended up, I hang out with so many Italians uh, that I didn't <laughs> (laughs) I didn't learn a word of English, and especially the American English um, of Florida, it kind of sounded like completely different to any type of English I've ever heard before (laughs) at school. So the only couple of words I learned when I was um, in Florida was, you're welcome, or please follow me. That's it. Okay. I ne- I didn't learn anything else. So oh. that kind of got me thinking. I was like, well, I kind of wasted like I had a lot of fun. I I've seen beautiful sceneries. Uh Flor Florida's quite beautiful, mm-hmm. I have to say, you know. Be yeah. tropical, like right. like Taiwan. It's <laughs> right. It's warm all the time. Very you know? humid. Mm, oh in- humid too. Very oh. humid. I've never been to Florida. The well the ten h- years I was in the States. It's uh, quite similar as a climate to oh. uh, to Taiwan. Okay. Okay, anyway, okay. I I I thought I wasted a little bit one year of my life having fun How and uh, long was exploring that? Oh, about a year as well. Oh, okay, so um, I was done with the US. US, it wasn't right. Like it wasn't exactly my environment. Oh. I I didn't like the food there. <laughs> because you're um, more vegetarian, right? Um well, I, at, d- the at the time I wasn't. Okay. No, at the time I was I wanted like my tasty good Italian food. Oh, so you couldn't really get that. Italians are very picky f- with food <laughs> anywhere they go. It's, it's really difficult to settle anywhere. Okay. <laughs> exactly because of food, but um yeah, the food was a big issue and then uh, I was probably maybe missing a little bit at home. Mm. So after a year I came back but then you mean you went back to? Uh, Italy. I went to back to Italy. Yeah. yeah. I went back to Italy for like a couple of months, uh-huh. but there was this thing inside me that was. It was you were just restless. You had to. I couldn't travel again. Yeah, I had to go somewhere again, and uh, and I still didn't. This this thing at did. I didn't learn English. Um, it was begging me so much. So, I said, what What is that, like the closest place?
5: That speaks where English? to English. They can yeah, learn
6: English. Back okay. Back learn English. I was in London. Yeah. So I just uh, packed my bags. A week
1: later, I was in London. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lynn.
6: I only booked my flight. I only booked accommodation. I already had three interviews. I found interview life I found jobs online yeah. I had already three interviews and by the first week I already had a job wow yeah, yeah. it was I was really brave yeah yeah I are. look back at somebody else <laughs> like it, it feels like it wasn't even me and I was like wow did I really do all of those stuff yeah. like I was so brave for I was at the time I was 20 so, so yeah and then, uh, then so what kind of job did you do I I obviously wasn't speaking English yet, so I was working in a hotel as a bar back, and then slowly when I started to learn English a little bit, I went in front. So I was bartending, okay, and then after bartending, Um. I step up into like a more nice cocktail bar in in a five star hotel. And did you know how what do you call it? Did you
5: know about no? No. You learned while you were there bartending. That's yeah. so awesome You're learning all these new things
6: Like I think my secret is just to pretend I know how to do things <laughs> Oh, okay So I'm in confidence You think that's the way to go? I think I think that's a good way to go Yeah, because if you just pretend to know how to do things And just like get yourself informed on the moment Like my my motto is If somebody offers you a job and you don't know how to do it Just say yes and then you learn later how to do it <laughs> Oh, but you—but aren't you afraid
5: that in in between you get scolded, you get rebuked? You know they are th- things that you're saying, like you know. But you say you know how to do it. How come you don't know how to do it?
6: I don't think we're talking about any rocket science. So I think anything that it's creative, manual, and uh, like something. It's quite easy to learn in, in a okay. in a day or two or in a week or in a month. Okay, you're a fast learner. Yeah, right. I'm a fast learner, but I'm also very creative and um and very active. Oh. So if it's something to do like oh something a big responsibilities like mixing chemicals together, then I would say no, okay, no, <laughs> let's not get into that troubles. But okay. uh, when it's something like creative, I definitely like, and I and I learn a lot just by watching people doing it. Mm-hmm. I literally learned um, like hairdressing, uh, all the right movements and all the right kind of uh, way to be a hairdresser just by looking at the hairdresser, how she was she was uh, doing my hair. Uh-huh. So just by looking, I kind of I have a very big photographic memory. Uh, so yeah. I visualize and I kind of repeat. Mm. So that's probably... A good thing to have. It, it um, definitely is because I know I I've got a picture memory
5: too, but mm. that's directions. Like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm better with directions than my husband. You know, driving in a car. So
6: yeah, I'm also very good with orientation and directions. Yeah. So that's that's a big actual uh, point when you're traveling, especially oh, by yourself. Oh, that is true because
5: you know I'm sure you're like me is that you've only been to a new place once and you can almost remember how absolutely. to get back there. Yes, right? absolutely. Right? Yes. Yeah. yes, yes. That helps. Wow. Still, you're. You just seem to me a very brave woman. But yeah, I, guess that goes I was for all very Italian
6: brave. Women. I was very brave, and uh, <laughs> but I never been academical. That's one downside of me. That's for sure. I have never been academical. I have never been a big study girl. But um, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean you we're know, all different, learn. so we yeah. all take different paths, right? You just learn from life. You know, you exactly. learn
5: things that are not taught in school.
6: Yeah, right? yeah. I definitely. Yeah. Um, I speak with a lot of people um, here in Taiwan. People are like very um, interested. In in you know hearing my story and everything, so okay. I have. Wait, l- you're jumping ahead. Okay, okay.
5: okay. Uh, do you really want to talk about time already? Because we haven't finished talking about your your okay, life okay. in London. <laughs> 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 I, want, I right. want to go in chronological order. Sure, sure. How long were you in London? It seems that like you stayed there lo- ten longer. Ten years. Ten years. Ten years. Yeah. W- why Why ten years compared to one year in Paris and then one year in Florida? But. London, you chose to stay for ten well,
6: years. Well, I didn't choose. She oh. chose me. Ah, London chose me. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. No, how so? Um, well, first of all, I met. I met my ex-boyfriend So I stayed in a relationship For over five years Okay In, uh, in London and, um, and that was probably One of the biggest reasons Why I stayed But also London is so fascinating Yeah London is full of cultures London is full of Different languages Different people Different colours Different everything Huge opportunities To grow professionally And as a person as well mm. So um, It sucks you in Uh-huh and uh, it's like a perfect little paradise because everything works very well everyone like is looked after by you know different association different like the government and stuff everything is pretty well done i'm talking just about london not uk or england in general because Mm. london is super multicultural in the next episode malarisa will talk about
5: why she came to taiwan for in the spotlight i'm shirley Lin.
0: Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. 320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you.